Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast. The oh, oh, sometimes I get a good feeling. Yeah. Edition. As I speak to a current Bengal who has emerged as one of the team's brightest young stars and speak to a former Bengal who is among the franchise's all-time best. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Prime Sport, the official fan travel and hospitality partner of the Cincinnati Bengals. And here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or Podbean. It's the greatest thing since Sportscaster Scenes. My buddy Jason Benetti, the TV announcer for the Chicago White Sox, has been doing something very clever to amuse himself and the rest of us while we've been forced to stay at home because of the coronavirus. It's called Sportscaster Scenes, and here's how it works. Jason gets fellow sportscasters on a Zoom call, and they reenact famous scenes from TV and movie history. In one, ESPN's Dan Dockich joins him in the role of Jack Nicholson to do the you-can't-handle-the-truth scene from A Few Good Men. In another, Cubs announcer Len Casper does an incredible Ned Ryerson imitation from Groundhog Day. This week, I was honored to be involved for a Zoom reading of an entire Cheers script, co-written by the incredibly talented duo of Ken Levine and David Isaacs. The Cheers gang of Sam, Woody, Frazier, Carla, etc. were played by sports broadcasters, with one exception. Norm was actually played by George Wendt. The George Wendt. If you would like to see it or any episode of Sportscaster Scenes, just search for Sportscaster Scenes on YouTube. Now, let's get to football. My first conversation this week is with Bengals wide receiver Tyler Boyd, coming off a season that saw him set new career highs for catches with 90 and receiving yards with 1,046. Tyler lives in the Pittsburgh area in the offseason, and when we spoke this week, I started by asking him what he's been doing on a daily basis while facing COVID-19 restrictions. I'm still working out, you know, running on the field. You know, I just bought pool. I'm finally in my new house, and I got a big backyard. I've just been running out there each and every day. And uh, I have a facility with with a trainer that I work out at where it's not too many people. We're still limited to work out at. So I've still been able to work out and and, uh, train for football. This time of year, you would have been back in Cincinnati for OTAs. Do you miss it? Definitely, you know, because of this pandemic. You know, I, 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 I hate to be in the house 24-7 on lockdown, not be able to go nowhere. And uh, I just want to be around my boys, man, and just, and just meet the new rookies and just get this thing rolling. Tyler, there were plenty of rumors before the end of last season that the Bengals were going to draft Joe Burrow, and obviously that's the way it played out. Did you start paying attention to him last year? Uh, yes. Um, I didn't know too much about him the year before that, but during our LSU run, when they started to go about eight win streak, seven win streak, 10, so forth, uh, I started to, you know, realize that he was a very special guy, you know, and just every big moment, each game that he played in, he always delivered. He never, he never, uh, took bad sacks and he always delivered the ball perfectly to the receiver almost every time. You know, it was kind of shocking because 
I just seen uh, him being so poised, man, and, and it's and it's rare to, to 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 see a guy in college play like that at the speed that he was playing at. Have you had much contact with him, and what are your impressions of him so far? Oh uh, yeah, I had uh, talked to him a lot. We had sent messages a little bit uh, back and forth before he had got drafted, but it was just not not nothing too crazy. We was talking about him winning the Heisman and stuff like that, just joking around. But then when he got drafted, I reached out to him, uh, told him congratulations. Can't 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 wait to see him and play with him, man. And uh, just right now, I was just just talking to him. Actually, uh, I was I, I talked to him last week. He wanted to try to get guys together. You see him where I was at. I told him I was back at Pittsburgh. I think he's in Ohio right now. And I told him that I had uh, Mike come up this weekend because I had to grab some stuff from up since he didn't bring back here. And if he was around, that then we could get routes. But he had said it's supposed to rain all weekend, so he said we could just wait. And I ain't really trying to rush it. You know what I'm saying? So whenever he's ready, ready to go. We're visiting with Tyler Boyd. So Joe Burrow was taken in the first round. T. Higgins in the second. What does he add to the wide receiver room? Man, he's, he's, he's kind of like a... I want to give him like a, a me and a, and a tape factor. You know, he he has tape body, his size, and, and the catching ability to, to, and the catching range. Them him, Tate and AJ, them them guys got the got got the size. And with me, you know, he he, he tracks the ball very well. He he, he runs good routes, and uh, he 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 uh, get get yards after the catch. So I feel like he, he he got a little of our game in him. You know, that's why I feel like we're gonna be more dangerous. Because we are, I feel like, going to feed off each other and just do what we got to do to, to, to continue to move them sticks. Tyler, I look at this group now. They've got yourself with two straight 1,000-yard seasons. you got a seven-time Pro Bowler in A.J. Green. You've got John Ross. You've got Auden Tate. You've got Alex Erickson. Now you've got T. Higgins. Do you think people around the league realize how strong this group has become? I don't feel like anybody feels threatened at this moment. You know, we, we, we have to go out there and prove ourselves. You know, on paper, we have an all-star stack team, you know, and, and I felt that last year, but things didn't go accordingly. So, I mean, I don't want to continue to say the same thing each and every year, so I'm going to stop saying that we're going to be the best core and the best offense of the league. So, instead, I just want to go out there and just and just prove people wrong, you know, because we still have doubters and everybody's still saying we're going to be the weakest team. So, you know, with me, um, I just love proving, proving people wrong. So, that's what we got to go out there and do. I mentioned that you were coming off back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, and yet 90 catches last year, the fifth player in team history to have 90 or more in a season. What's the next step for you personally? Oh, man, just just continue to, 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 to stay productive, you know, and stay injury-free, you know, continue to make plays when I got to for the team, you know, just, just, just stay uh, reliable and consistent, man, and just continue to build as a leader. You know, try to pick guys up, try to get guys going, you know, when, when they're down and when I need somebody to make a play for me on offense and defense. So I think this year I'm going uh, to work on being a better leader. How strange is it going to be for you not to have Andy Dalton a locker over? Oh, man, it's going to be very, 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 very weird, you know, because that was a guy, uh, that was my locker mate coming into – uh, my rookie year, that's who they placed me next to, and uh, he guided me all the way through, you know, each and every every one of my years, even on and off the field. You know, we would talk about so much, and we had a great relationship, and he improved my game so much. He, he allowed me to play more freely and just go out there and be me, you know, and just the chemistry just continued to build and build. And when you have that special relationship with a guy that's out there playing with you alongside of you, del- delivering you the football, it's just like, he feels, feels like he, 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 he grew up with me all my life, that he's my brother, you know. So, I mean, I'm going to miss him a lot. How eager are you to play with A.J. again? 
man, it was tough. You know, he he was the guy who kind of uh, allowed me to break out and become the the player I, I wanted to become. You know, because he he um, allowed me to to play more one on one and, and relieve stress off him. You know, so I think I helped him as well. You know, just having him back and playing alongside of me just makes things like a lot easier for the both of us. You know, and just 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 having him in our room. You know, just seeing how he work and seeing how he perform and compete, man, it's just. I ain't never seen a specimen like him. Hmm. We're spending a few minutes with Tyler Boyd. The Bengals spent more than $130 million bucks on unrestricted free agents this year. What was your reaction as you saw name after name after name committing to Cincinnati? I felt, I felt pretty great, you know, because of the guys who we got, you know, from on, on a defensive standpoint. Um, I, I feel like those, those are great guys and great players, you know, regardless of what they did. Uh, at the team they was at previously, I just feel like those those individuals, those players are just competitive, you know, and they're just going to compete each and every down. And that's very much like how, what I want in a player. You know, I don't want players to feel like they're too good or players that's just out there just going with the flow. You know, I, I want guys that's going to go out there and compete, trash talking, just, you know, uh, just, just battle all day, all night. The schedule came out last week. You got a couple of primetime games, Cleveland on the road in week two on a Thursday night, the Steelers at home late in the season on Monday night football. Did anything about the schedule catch your eye? Well, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the first game, first and foremost, just, just simply because it's the first game and and it's home and, and I know it's gonna be nuts. And uh the other it's definitely the the, the Steeler game and I'm always well any team in the division, I always look forward to those games and a new team that we haven't seen in a while with the the Cowboys. I'm very I'm looking forward to playing them them boys. I know you're not in Cincinnati right now, Tyler, but you are on social media. You see how Bengals fans are reacting this off season. Do you sense a building excitement after the drafting of Joe, the addition of all of these free agents, a good draft class, the return of AJ, etc. Definitely, man. It's been it's been so much tension. You know, all, all through the internet, all through social media, and just everywhere. You know, so I, I feel like, honestly, truthfully, I feel like the first game is going to be sold out. We got AJ back. If we stay a solid core up until that first week, it, yeah, anybody going to do anything to get their hands on them tickets. We don't know exactly what's going to happen in terms of training camp, preseason games, regular season schedule. Obviously, the NFL is moving forward and hoping that they can start everything on time. What's your level of concern, nervousness, et cetera? Um, well, I think at the end of the day, every player has to continue to um, train themselves. You know, I know that's probably hard and it's tough for you to just go out there and train. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you don't got uh, anybody uh, to push you. You know, some guys have trainers, some guys don't. So I think it's a kind of a weird position for certain players because they don't get certain luxury as the players who, who've been there a while, you know, and can go and get trainers and so forth or is working out in their house and stuff like that. But um, I just I just feel like you got to find a way, you know, to stay in shape and, and stay the course. I just I just I just think I don't I, I don't want to come back and we rush into it. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't want us to have to come back at the end of June or whatever, August and jump straight into camp. You know, I don't feel like that's going to uh, be healthy for the players. I don't feel like guys will all the way be in shape and be ready full camp so that's the nervousness for me going through this pandemic understood 
would you find it difficult to play in front of empty stands if the NFL decided to try and do that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, because it's, it's, you, you, you go out there and do it for your family and, and the fans. You know, that, that that's what drives you to compete at the highest level. You know, not saying that uh, I can't go out there and perform at that high level, you know, but when you put in all that good work each and every week and you do something ridiculous and outstanding, you want people to see it at first sight. You want people to recognize the work that you put in. Playing without uh, crowds, it'd be real tough for some players. Tell you what, it's good to hear your voice. It's good to hear that you're doing well and your family is safe, and uh, we look forward to seeing you in person when that's allowed again. Definitely, boss. I appreciate you. Tyler's only 25 years old, but he'll be heading into his fifth NFL season in 2020, and he signed for the next three years after agreeing to an extension prior to last season. Before we get to the next segment, here's a quick reminder that you can take your Bengals pride to the next level in 2020 with an official Bengals fan package from Prime Sport. My next guest is a former Bengal. He was a three-time Pro Bowler and a key member of the 1988 Super Bowl team who recently accomplished something that he is as proud of as anything he ever did on a football field. We are joined by one of the greatest Bengals of all time, voted sixth best among retired players a few years ago when the Bengals celebrated their 50th season, the great David Fulcher. And we will talk a little bit of football in a little bit. But David, my primary reason for asking you to be on this podcast is to congratulate you on a fantastic achievement. This week, 34 years after you left Arizona State after your junior year to turn pro, you earned your college degree. What motivated you to go back to school? Wow. Um, a, a lot of things. Uh, but first, I think it has something to do with watching my daughter, Kayla, who graduated from Thomas More uh, two years ago. She uh, came up to me after she got her diploma and her degree and walked across the stage and said, Dad, I think you need to finish. And... I heard it, but I was like, yeah, uh, that's, uh, I, I'm not too sure that I want to go back to school and do that. And she pushed me enough to say that it should be done. And, and I decided to do it and thank God that I did it. And, and I got it now. David, one of the coolest things is seeing her Facebook posts because she is so proud of you for doing this. Yeah. It's really quite touching. Yeah, it is, man. I saw that and uh, didn't expect her to do it. Uh, and I told him, I said, I'm not going to put anything on there. And then I saw her and my wife collaborating about something. But uh, it, it was it was good. It was good to see. And, and the people who responded. And, you know, I, I'm not a big social media guy. I, I think I got it because I just want to look and see what everybody else is doing. And uh, she, she put it up there, man. And so many people responded. And, and she constantly keeps telling me before I even came on here with you, she called me and said, so what's next? Who else wants to talk to you? And I said, well, I got something coming up at 10 o'clock. So, um, but yeah, she, uh, she's very proud of what her dad did. And, and I wish she was around, was around to see me play the game. Um, right at the end of my career, when I tried to come back and, uh, play with the Bengals, she was born in 95. So, she never really saw her dad play. She just heard about it, and, and but she saw her dad do this one. We are visiting with the great David Fulcher. I try to help my son with his eighth grade homework, 
And it, it's hard for me. So this could not have been easy to go back to school 34 years after you were last in college. No, no, this this was not easy at all. I mean, I I encourage who, the people who haven't finished to go back and finish, but um, you need some help. You know, the technology is different. You know, we got cell phones, we've got Siri, we've got Echoes, we've got all these things. Uh, and I had a family, and, I have a, and the good thing about me was I had a daughter who graduated two years ago who was still fresh on what she was doing, but it didn't matter. She was not going to do the work for me. Um, I know that first class I took was English 102 and uh, basic English. And let me tell you, when I sat down in front of that computer and started looking at the work that had to be done, it looked like it was English 500. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing, and I tried to get her to help me. And every little question I asked her was so simple for her to do. She would look at me and go, Dad, you know that. That's easy. And I'm like, no, I don't. And we would argue about it. And it got to a point where I got tired of asking her how to do it. And I just said, I'm going to do this on my own. And whatever happens is going to happen. And then it was just getting started again, getting back into the rhythm of, you know, doing homework, doing papers, you know, writing essays. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what did I sign up for? But um, I did it, man. And it was uh, like I said, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy at all. David, I heard in another interview that you did that you actually heard radio ads for taking courses from Arizona State online. Yeah, I was uh, driving down um, downtown. Uh, I work with the Hamilton County Justice Center. I work with the guys and girls that, who are incarcerated, uh, just trying to make a change and change their lives. And I just happened to hear Arizona State Online, Arizona State Online. And I've you know, I been hearing that, and I'm like, you know, it's there. There's got to be a reason why this keeps coming up. And I started thinking because my wife and I had talked about um, – we had heard, you know, from through the NFL and through the trust players who are finishing school. And we were talking about going back and finishing school. But I was thinking, you know, maybe taking some classes at UC. But then I started thinking, man, if I take classes at UC and I finish, I'm going to graduate from UC. And that's not the school I went to. So I kept hearing that online, online, ASU online and how to sign up. And lo and behold, we, we looked into it and and figured it out, and once we knew what to do with ASU, then the trust um, has a, a program that it uh, helps current and former players who have not finished uh, college uh, an opportunity for a scholarship. So we we wrote the essay and applied for it, and four months later, I was approved, and school started. So basically, show the effort, and the NFL is there to help guys go back and get their degree. Oh, no doubt, man. I mean, it... it and I've explained this to guys uh, throughout Cincinnati and guys that I've been friends with that are on online and whatnot throughout the, 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 the states. And I just told them, I said, you know, dude, if you don't call them, they're not going to call you. And that's kind of, it's almost like if it's free, it's for me. So take it. <laughs> We're talking to Bengals legend David Fulcher, who recently earned his college degree from Arizona State. Right now, college seniors are missing out on their graduation ceremonies, unfortunately, because of COVID-19. But you plan to eventually walk across that stage, correct? Yes, I am. Uh, in December, uh, they're going to um, have a ceremony for 
the 2020 graduates graduates who want to uh, walk across the stage because I was supposed to walk uh, on Tuesday of this week. Um, and because of the coronavirus, they canceled uh, everything, and which obviously we knew that. So they're still giving us an opportunity because they normally graduate and kids or students who graduate normally walk across in May of that year. So I can either do it December of this year to walk across or next 2021 May. And I don't want to wait to then. So we're going to go down there and I'm bringing my, uh, my daughter's going to come with my wife and I and, and my son, David and his wife, Mackenzie and their, their two little ones, my two granddaughters. I'm going to fly them down. My mom and dad are already in Arizona. So it's going to be a good family affair down there in December. David, as you mentioned, you have worked for years counseling inmates about how to re-enter life, basically, and, and maintain a positive attitude. Will you use this as part of your message going forward? No, no doubt. I I was using it while I was in there, telling them that I'm going back to school, because it, it, it's really hard. I'm 55 years old, and this didn't come easy, so it's hard for me to get there and sit in front of that computer and, and write a 2,500-word essay. Come on, man, 2,500 words on what? That's hard to do. So uh, I encourage my telling this. I mean, you guys are 20, 25 years old. You, you still got your life ahead of you. You know, here, here's another choice that you can make to become a better person in society. So when you get out, you know, those that may look at you because of what you've done in the past, they may not see that no more if you got a, a different outlook and a, a different attitude towards life. So, yeah, I do. I encourage them big time, and I use every tool that I can to show them that um, no matter where you are, no matter what you have or don't have, the only way you can make things happen in life is that you have to get off your butt and do it. David, for those who don't know, explain what your MANA program is. Um, oh, 22 years ago, I uh, was working with a charter high school in Cincinnati called Pace High School, and one of the young men um, from the school got in trouble and was arrested. And Pace High School was a school that uh, gave uh, kids who were obviously at risk or in trouble enough opportunity to finish their schooling. And police took him into Hamilton County. I just thought I should go down there and take his homework. I don't want the kids sitting there doing nothing. So I did it. And as I was sitting there, uh, then Sheriff Simon Lee saw me and said, what am I doing in here? And I told him that I was trying to help this young man finish his education. And he said to me that I needed to bring some kind of program in there to help everybody. And that was, that was 22 years ago, hmm. you know, and he, uh, and I brought in, uh, the, the program that I have now, but it wasn't called MANA then, but MANA stands for Mentoring Against Negative Actions. And, and the program is pretty simple. I call it my 12-step program. Um, and my 12-step program just talks about, you know, new beginnings when they get out, their image, forgiveness, uh, the justice part of being in jail, um, education. Education is not just one, two, three, but education is educating your kids to make better decisions or making you make better decisions. You know, and then they talk about working, you know, getting a job, having a bank account, you know, um, drugs. I call it the drug. My drug program is called smoking, alcohol and drugs. The sad team, SAD. You know, a lot of those guys go to jail due to the fact that they're high, they're drinking, drunk, or drugs just infected their lives, even their family lives. 
And then I talk about their community, the community support, the community that they live in. How could they be a better person in that community by making the best decision or helping someone? When I grew up in Los Angeles, we didn't have snow. Obviously, L.A. doesn't snow, but we had uh, people who had a lot of leaves and, and trash in their yard, and we used to help them clean it up. Well, I know in Ohio, because my kids used to do it when it snowed, they would go out there and shovel the sidewalk or the driveway for the neighbor, and they would give them five bucks. So there are a lot of things you can do in your community to make it better. Instead of you going into your community and infecting it with drugs and crime, why don't you go into your community and stop some of the things that you see? You may not be able to stop a kid who stands on a corner and wants to sell drugs, but you might be able to give him some influence by saying, I used to be you. Hmm. So why don't you get off the street, change your life? Because I think it's all about communication, and it's, it's, to me, it's, it's common sense. Common sense says don't do these things, and we've lost common sense in this country. And I think if people would understand, like it was back in my day, when you got in trouble, everybody's dad was your dad, and you got your butt whooped. You can't do that today. And I just think it's, uh, I think it's important, and I love what I do, man. I, like I said, I go down there uh, twice a week, and I'm now working in Butler County's uh, jail with uh, Sheriff Jones. So I'm four days a week. I'm in the jail system just teaching everyday life, uh, everyday, everyday skills of making the right choice. David, as I mentioned, you were named the sixth greatest retired Bengals player of all time when the team celebrated its 50th season a few years ago. You were a three-time Pro Bowler. You played in the Super Bowl, a key part of that 1988 team. So your football accomplishments speak for themselves. Where does going back and earning your college degree rank to you among these great accomplishments? Oh, my God. I think this is uh, number one. Uh, I do. I think it's number one because I never thought that I would do it. I never thought that I would get it. Um, and I think that was probably one of the biggest reasons why I left as a redshirt junior is because it it got harder. Um, you know, at 20 years old, it was hard for me to 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 really sit down there and understand uh, some of the things that. Uh, they were asking me to do and the ability that I had to play football I didn't think that I could I thought I would I could play in the NFL but it was like you know I'm 20 years old and I'm going to go into this National Football League and fight against guys who've been there 8, 9 years, 10 years 12 years and I I said you know what this is my if I'm going to really really get out of Los Angeles you know, I, I my first part of getting out of L.A. was leaving high school and going to college. But I didn't want to go back to L.A. after being in college and not have achieved something. So I said, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go out there and play. And when I got there, I never even thought about graduating. You know, I think that may happen to a lot of young kids who graduate from college and go to the pros and make a lot of money to start thinking that, you know, you don't need your education. You know, you're making a hundred million dollars. Who, who could tell you what to do when you got that kind of money? So, uh, I wasn't making that kind of money then, and never, probably never will. But um, I thought it was important that once I finished and I heard about it, that maybe I need to get this degree because I've, I've been offered many jobs. Then, um, 
that require what degree you have. Mm. And when I told them I didn't have one, and based off an assumption, everybody thinks that because you go to college and you play college football, that you probably graduated. And no. And they turned me down because I didn't have that degree. So that was another incentive to do that. So now when somebody asks me about my degree, I can tell them what I got. It's tremendous. There's no shot clock uh, required on getting one's degree. So the fact that you went back 34 years after last playing at Arizona State and going to college there, it's a remarkable achievement. And uh, I'm really happy for you. I can hear the pride in your voice. Again, your your daughter's Facebook post was extremely touching. So congratulations uh, from the bottom of my heart. I do want to ask you a few football questions before I let you go. First, your reaction to the Bengals spending more than $130 million in free agency this year. What did you think when you saw those names rolling in? Shock, probably like everybody else. Uh, probably didn't expect to, to see them spend that money, but maybe the table's a turning. Uh, and, I mean, I, I think it makes it uh, very exciting um, for this upcoming season for the Cincinnati fans. The base here in Cincinnati has been thirsty for something good to happen. Um, and it, it, by doing that, the good has started. And once again, everybody looks good on paper. These guys <laughs> that they brought in are players that have made some plays for those teams, but they still got to perform. David, one of the big additions was safety Von Bell, known as one of the best run-stopping safeties in the NFL. He was part of a national championship team at Ohio State, went to the playoffs every year with the Saints. Did you think a guy that fit that description was something needed on this defense? Oh, yeah. You, you, you need a, you need a, I would say, make an outcast, somebody that uh, doesn't look like the norm. Uh, he's coming from a, a winning organization. He's coming from a uh, um, a perspective of, you know, he, he's a player. He's a game changer. He makes plays. And I think it's important that, he, you know, when he comes in here, he, he's going to be affecting, affecting everybody. Um, his motor is, is on 10, and some of our other guys' motor can only get up to 5. Maybe he's going to bring that level of defense up a little bit more that it's going to be uh, very impacted that uh, he brings in a winning uh, attitude and a winning tradition that the Bengals defense um, and not a bad defense, but I think that he add a little flavor to the defense that gives them what they need to do so they can get off the field on third downs and keep people from scoring touchdowns anytime they want to. These are obviously strange and difficult times for everybody. If you were still playing right now, what would you be doing to try to be ready for a football season if and when it resumes? Oh, my gosh, Dan. I couldn't even tell you. Um, you know, hopefully I'd have a, a gym or something in my in my house, um, a yard, and, you know, a big backyard. And, or I live over at King's Island right now, so I'd walk out of my condo and run up and down the grass area try to keep myself right I, I couldn't even tell you you know when I hear all these sports talking about basketball maybe coming back and baseball coming back you know those, those guys have been sitting around doing nothing and how much is it going to take for those guys to get themselves ready to play their sport um, this this is tough man uh, we are in a time where 
we, we could have guys come out and they're not in shape. Um, guys can get hurt because they, they haven't done as much as they really would like to. But, you know, these guys are professionals, so they, they've, they're finding a way to, to get themselves done. I just couldn't tell you um, the thought process that to go through of, hey, man, f- here we are in, in May and football is coming up in August. You know, in the last two months, we've been locked in. They won't let us get out. So I don't know, man. It, it's, it's almost like, you know, you need a, a five-week program that gets you ready for 18, 20 games be tough. David, just to wrap things up, this is a great story. On behalf of Bengals fans, we're really proud of you, and congratulations on a remarkable accomplishment going back more than three decades after playing at Arizona State and earning your degree. Brother, I thank you very much, man. And like I said, I I, I worked hard. Um, and I think it's, uh, you know, a, 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 a real thrill to have my daughter and my son and my wife uh, be a part of it and you know one of those things that you know it's a it, it, the, the degree has David's name on it but you know it's it's a family thing because they they put in just as much work as I put in I know my wife did because like I said she she was that one that was sleep at 11 30 12 o'clock and when I had a question I woke her up and asked her to come help me and and I could see it in her face, like, I cannot believe you asked me, couldn't you wait till tomorrow? Couldn't you wait till I get up? <laughs> but um, they were right there with me, man, and, and I'm glad it's done. Thank you, my friend. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast, brought to you by Prime Sport, the official fan travel and hospitality partner of the Cincinnati Bengals. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe. And if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find this podcast. I'm Dan Horde, and thank you for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.